Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 313. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> I am your host, Florence Ion. I'm joined here by my co-host, Andy Anatko. Hi, Andy. Hello, Flo. This is going to be exciting. I love palindrome-numbered episodes. Those are always special. I was just more focused on the number 13 being in there. And given how everything is just really wild today, you know, actually, okay, three plus three is six plus one is seven. I don't know. I have nothing significant Mm. to give you there. But that's actually that should make things even happier because the fact that it's a palindrome means that it's being negated by half of its existence. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, the meaning is coming in right now to me. It's hashtag free Britney. That's what it is. Um, oh, speaking of celebrities, Andy, <laughs> so you were hanging out with Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon today, apparently. Um, I could make that claim All through I know my is social I was media. Trying to like focus on the tech news, trying to find something. <laughs> for the blog to write. And I kept running into your tweets <laughs> of just yeah. like your pictures getting increasingly like closer and more detailed. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's okay. So here's, <laughs> so, so, so here's, here's what's happening. Um, Tell me. <laughs> I, I'm not stalking celebrities. <laughs> I'm I can I'm about to make no, the case. You don't live in LA, so nobody I, will has any reason to accuse you of that, first of all. Exactly. And and see, and also because I can make the case that uh Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon are in fact stalking me. You see, because they're filming a feature film uh, like not just in my town, not just on my street, That's but so like wild. across the street from me. That's so, so wild. It because is. Because you live in one of those like historical little towns. You kept telling us about it on the podcast and I kept being like, okay, Andy, we get it. Murder, she wrote. But look at it. Right. Now it's- It's it's quaint it's as a hell. It's a backdrop. Apparently Hollywood <laughs> didn't think it was quaint enough. I mean, it's already suspiciously quaint as it is. They decided we, they needed to drop <gasps> Andy, a gazebo in the middle you. Of, the, of the park. This could ruin your town. It could. Well, also, it's, you know, we got Hollywood people milling about. I mean, they're actually they're very, very, very nice. Well, no, I mean, this could drive up like, you know, all these big Dunkin Donuts is going to move in. They're going to be like, oh, people are going to come here to see the set where Kevin Bacon was. And remember, Andy, six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Well, what you apparently it's been a long time since you've been to New England that we, we our town, which is not a big town. It's right on the border kind of between the suburbs and like farmland, and we have by I I can definitely count four Dunkin' Donuts in our town already, and I'm <laughs> okay. sure there I'm never sure been there could be there's, the there's one England, for more. So Dun- Dunkin' Donuts is like every time like they it's like a mailbox. It's like you expect one. It's not it's not as though you make a plan to go to Dunkin' Donuts. You just walk in a direction until you encounter a Dunkin' Donuts because you here know that's that Dunkin Donuts very much Starbucks. I know it's very much like that too around the world, but here especially it's yes. very much Starbucks. So oh, so Lord. anyway, so, yeah, it's it's a weird situation because like if you again if if they were just simply like in town, uh, you you couldn't have gotten to say oh gosh maybe I'll like you know go like two or three miles away and like see what the what's going on on the on, on the film location but like when i'm in bed and it's like eight in the morning 
and which is the time like I'm sort of like waking up and starting the process of deciding like what time do I actually want to leave the bed and start my day. And I start getting text messages from friends in the neighborhood about, oh, my God, look, they said uh, Kevin Bacon, he's got like a book. He's got these buckets of flowers he's carrying around. Uh. And see, this, this is this is when the part of my brain that is uh, that is gravitating towards. But if we were to stay in bed. That would be the easiest thing we could possibly do. Or if we want to compromise, getting out of bed but going into the living room or the office, that would not be the easiest thing possible, but that would be far, far easier than leaving the house. And then the the, the custodial part of my brain says, look, there is like a, an interesting film set with like actors that you kind of like you haven't you 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 haven't been able to take many pictures kind with your like. camera because you haven't been able to go out in about a year like they literally these these they've they've for your for your entertainment they have brought an entire film set again Andy. literally across the street from Andy. you the least you, you can do is get advantage. dressed exactly. exactly and get down there so i okay. had my so i Sorry. so i had my uh, I, <laughs> So I had my uh, the, the the good camera in a bag. I didn't I didn't know like if they were gonna be like you know out of I've I've been on film sets before and I've been like around film sets before, so I know that they will probably have people like PAs who are like making sure you're not gonna be standing anywhere where it'll affect the the, the shoot. I didn't want to be one of these people who is like being annoying, so I, I started taking pictures with my phone, uh, and then I had but in my bag I had like the good camera with this 300 millimeter zoom lens and a 2x extender that made it into this huge like 600 millimeter lens. So yeah, the first the first photo Paparazzi. that I took Yeah, again again I underscore they're stalking me. I didn't I, I didn't come out to like one street away from, uh, across the street from where they live and start doing a podcast or anything. They came to me if anything Again, I'm the I'm the offended party here. So yeah, so you're right. I did. So I took a picture with my with my uh, my Android uh, Pixel four uh, A phone. I was about to ask, yeah. And with the at the absolute because again they they were the, the 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 PAs were very very nice. It was looking a little worse for wear that photo though, the one that you posted from the four A. I could okay, tell. But, but you're talking but you're talking about like sixty to eighty yards away. That's how far away they were. So and and it's the 4A so it doesn't have I know but I I mean I could tell when you oh cuz I was looking through your timeline right I was following your yeah. <laughs> your trajectory through it today and I could tell when you were posting from the pixel cuz it was just so pixelated it was like it was versus an oil when painting. you had it was, shot it, it with pixelated. your Olympus cuz yeah. the Olympus ones looked like and I'm sorry do, do the paparazzi thing again but it did look like something I would see in the daily mail yeah. with some very like descriptive yet boring plain caption underneath it. Like Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon stare at each other and drink coffee from the whatever food cart on set. It was a new movie. When I posted it to like Twitter and Instagram, I forgot that, oh, well, if people haven't been like seeing the preceding tweets and stuff and they don't realize that, no, I'm, I'm they're, They're filming a movie. It's on a film set that no, no, I just happened to spot them. Like, going about their lives somewhere and I decided to intrude improve uh, intrude upon that privacy. I'm not going to lie. I I was at first I was just like but then I realized as you posted more in succession. You know what? This is exciting. And it was a fun, journalist. It was fun. The, well, well the, the, see the the other cool thing is that like I'm 
when I'm taking pictures, I'm not like necessarily seeing all the details in the image. But again, I am. I, I did go like back across the street to my house, so I was able to just put the card in my desktop and like edit it on the big screen and going through like the pictures I took. And that's when I noticed that oh, so she wasn't just sort of looking sort of in oh, yes. this general direction. Mm-hmm. She was like locked on to my camera uh, for that for that one shot. Well. Uh, Again, again, she was sixty to eighty yards away. It was like a group of people that we were all standing like in the same place. They say we were told, "Oh, it's, it's okay. It's okay to watch. Just you know, make sure you don't you know stare, stay right about here." So, she yeah. was probably just like looking at you. She probably was just like, "Oh, she's Pete," you know. Um. So, did you? I looked up some details, by the way, if you would like to know what it was that they were filming. Oh yes, um, I do. I feel I, that we should share. It's, so it's, I do know. First it's of all, Space Oddity. Yes. It's called Space Oddity. Cedric said in a press release that there's no better place to film the story than in the beautiful state of Rhode Island. Shooting Space Oddity in Rhode Island is a breath of fresh air. I think she meant that literally and figuratively. Now, Space Oddity tells tells the tale of Alex, who, after giving up on Earth and deciding to leave it all behind for a one-way mission to Mars, develops an unexpected romance with Daisy, the enigmatic town newcomer, who forces him to choose between an uncertain journey to the stars and an even more uncertain journey of the heart. <laughs> so high concept, then. <laughs> um. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, that should be interesting. Now I'm going to watch this so that I can. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you something. I'm really looking forward to uh, like uh, some payback on the IMDb because if if there's uh, there's one thing that ruins the IMDb experience for me, and that's like idiots who post stupid and irrelevant things to like uh, the, the the section that says goofs or factual like errors. They or ruin whatever. the membership for the people who actually pay for it because yeah, you have exactly. to pay for some of those. So, so uh, abilities. I'm looking forward to saying, uh, and in the scene in uh, 24 minutes into the movie, uh, Kevin Bacon's character enters the florist shop uh, from the sidewalk. Actually, that door is actually kept locked. The entrance to the flower shop is actually all the way on the side. So one has to wonder what kind of miraculous magic powers he had to be able to pass through a locked door when it was not shown him unlocking the door first. Like, Okay, let's assume that the viewer doesn't actually live across the street and is not familiar with that flower shop. Is it not possible that perhaps they decided that wasn't an important detail to really cover? No, no, I paid for membership. It's a mistake. It's a it's a blooper. And I want responsibility for being the first one to call this blooper out. Okay, fine. Aren't you <sighs> wonderful? You're wonderful and magical. You do realize that this means we have six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, the material podcast, and that just like the way that we inserted ourselves into the gippy gippy bush search term so long ago, (laughs) we are now solidifying our space in God, this like this goes beyond just the Internet. Like this is something spiritual that we're talking about here. The six (laughs) degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Like this is really awesome for us. You know you're 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 joking you're joking, but like you you t- you tweeted a, re- a reply to me today that oh we're so talking about this on the podcast, and I mean, now again I'm perfect. There there were people I have to say that to set myself apart from some of the other like people in town, there was a gentleman who has this magnificent dog. Like you don't know whether it's 
a big dog or a small horse. It is a magnificent dog. And he was rather pointedly like taking it for a walk on like the sidewalk like near where they were filming and mm-hmm. you could tell that it was like at some there's there, if there's a not there's a non-zero chance that someone's going to see this really cool dog and they're going to want to put him in the movie so i'm just going to keep walking the dog around here i'm i wasn't that person however like as soon as you said that i'm like well i was already planning on like sitting outside to like read like the research for tonight's show and stuff and if you know kevin bacon or kira sedgwick are bored between takes and they notice me and they're just sort of making small talk and being and nice to the passersby. Me. And it comes up that, Oh, I'm just doing research <laughs> for my Google podcast. I would find a way to like ask them a Google related question and record it so we could have them like on the show. Uh, well, they're, they're going to be there for a little while. It looks like I'm guessing at least a week. They are they've they've got the they've got my neighborhood for the next two days. Actually, tomorrow night they're filming all the way until like eleven p.m. Today it was like seven a.m. to seven p.m. But they, they've been very good, I, very nice. Again, they they did drop a damn gazebo into our little park, and now it's like oppressively adorable in our neighborhood. Mm, I see. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I bet she was just looking your direction because she knows she's in a small town. People are going to gawk a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or again, maybe that's... she was worried that you were the paparazzi. Well, that's, see, that's why I was, I felt very affirmed when I saw that she was actually directly looking like into, into my camera because she didn't immediately point and shout, there he is, get rid of him. So that means that she at le- I at least had the t- uh, tacit c- permission to, she acknowledged as, oh, right. this is just somebody with a camera. So. Yeah. Well, well, we'll find out if I if if there if there if there's like you know like the the head of a like a stuffed animal like nailed to my door tomorrow, I'll probably take that as a as a sense that perhaps Kevin Bacon did not appreciate that I was blaring the Footloose theme out my windows with my <laughs> Google Home Max speakers. I thought it would make him feel welcome here, but again, I'm just taking a risk there. Yeah, it's We're possible he's heard household. that joke before. So I'm not as schooled on the Kevin Bacon movie. I'm I'm more in the Swayze side of things here. So sorry, Kevin Bacon. But that's exciting, Andy. That's exciting. It's fun. Oh. It's as as someone who like works out of his house and has the technology to work like outside his house and still get a work day in and be within Wi-Fi of his home network. It's pretty fun to like get a couple thousand words written in the early afternoon and occasionally be looking up and seeing like kids with like marshmallow guns firing it at some actor running by for some reason that has something to do with a scene in the movie and wondering, gosh, what could that have to do with anything? I guess we'll find out in October or November. By the way, the film is produced by uh, two women. (laughs) Yes. So. And dire- directed by Kira Sedgwick, yep, so she's directed by yeah. So I'll say, just, but, 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 but before we move on, though, I do, I do have to I do have to say that there is uh, we I this week I did find out that uh, the Witches of Eastwick sequel is going to be like filming in Rhode Island. So if we're about us being a quaint three hundred year old like seaside village with a street lined with like three hundred year old houses that were built by original like captains and sea merchants, we. I'm saying I'm saying that if I have a chance to like get a 
god honest glimpse at, at Bette Midler. I'm not going to be obnoxious about it, but I'm oh, not going to. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that happen if it is to happen. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm have to Kathy and Jimmy is also lovely, but I'm saying that Bathhouse Betty, <sighs> a, a genuine glimpse, I would be very, very content with. Okay. Well, we should probably go on to Googly things now. Um, sure. It's, I mean, you could Google the people we just talked about, find out about the movie we just talked about, or you can Google what we're going to talk about, which is. Some profiles on Google people. Uh, yeah, one most notably in the New York Times. We're going to talk about that coming up next after the break. Uh, we're also going to talk about Google's wonky uh, path to its <laughs> messaging strategy, which we still don't know what it is. And everybody keeps tripping on the pebbles that are set in the pathway. Uh, Google also, uh, I see they forced the COVID tracking app to you or to the folks in Massachusetts as well. So we're going to talk about that. And then we'll do a little brief update on how we're faring with the Android 12 beta. So Andy, it's time for a break. I would say so. Now, in my defense, I did slip in that mention of the Pixel 4a phone. So it was on topic, technically speaking. Uh, it's true. For bookkeeping purposes, if not. For- and I'm sure the Kevin Bacon thing was probably used in some Google demo, like back in like 2012 when it was still kind of a, you know. A deep cut joke. There you go. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that buy button or fill out a trial form? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that means you've already lost out on new customers. You need something to tell you everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it isn't. So you need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. And for as low as $10 a month, Pingdom helps keep your sites online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need real-time alerts about critical website issues and customization of how you're alerted, whether it's via SMS, email, or your team's collaboration apps. Pingdom even tracks and analyzes your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a website, you need Pingdom. Take charge of monitoring your site in minutes. And go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the code material at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right. So speaking of movie stars, you know how when a new movie comes out, a couple of the actors from the movies, they kind of get sent out in this press tour. They'll go on like the different talk shows. They'll go do like podcasts or whatever. And then they'll drop in little like, go see my movie. Uh, Well, the equivalent, Google kind of did the equivalent this week (laughs) in our little tech world. It was uh, very well-timed profiles in both the New York Times and Wired Magazine, two very prominent publications in our little tech sphere. Uh, The profile in the New York Times was kind of the one that really set the stage, though. This, the headline for that was Google Executives. Oh, actually, hold on. That's Andy's headline. 
no, no, their that, headline that is, was that that was that was the headline of the New York Times article. You guys, I have to tell you, or is it? forgive me because or are they doing are they doing a B testing? Because I'm looking at it right now and I'm seeing no, Google executive C cracks. In the it's an success. SEO thing. Listen, folks. Uh, yeah, it's an SEO URL thing. That's why we all got a little confused because I wanted to read the headline. Um, but here is the real impact. OK, the headline is Google executive C cracks in their company's success. I read that headline and immediately I was like, oh, God, I know what this is going to be about. Um, and in, indeed it was. So it was a whole article basically going in depth on who Sindar Pichai is as a leader inside Google. I was actually quite surprised at the, um, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Hmm. Witchiness? Backbitingness? Witchiness? Backbitingness? There was, there was, a, there was a certain Real Housewives act, aspect to some of the quotes they got. I know. uh Okay, let's talk about that first, and then I can tell you kind of how, how okay. I feel about it, because I think that's why I'm stalling a bit, um, because my my opinions are coming through first. So, okay, so this article, I was quite surprised at how much access yeah. <laughs> uh, Google gave to New York Times, which is why we're sort of talking about this in this way of like doing a quote-unquote press tour, because it's very clearly after all the headlines that it have been published in the New York times about Google recently, this is very clearly a hold on, hold on. Here's our story. We'll give you a little bit of a glimpse inside. <laughs> uh, and, he, and you know how these things go. So the article actually does quote many current and former Google employees. So credit to the journalists where it's due. Um, many of them were working, were or are working at high executive levels. And the consensus complaints seem to be that Pachai is just too laid back to drive any innovation at Alphabet. And he's just not allowing Google to live up to its full potential. Um, there were some really Great quotes in the article. Andy, thank you for picking some of them out. Uh, let's see. Here's one good one. 15 current and former Google executives speaking on the condition of anonymity, of course, for fear of, of course, was my editorial note, for fear of angering Google and Mr. Pichai, told the New York Times that Google was suffering from many of the pitfalls of a large maturing company, a paralyzing bureaucracy, a bias toward inaction, and a fixation on public perception. That was such a great line. <laughs> I, oh, chef's kiss. Hard that to was spin so that, good. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just really good. Um, let's see. Here's another one. Thank you, Andy, for picking this out. The executives, some of whom regularly interacted with Mr. Pachai, said Google did not move quickly on key business and personnel moves because Pachai chewed over decisions and delayed action. They said that Google continued to be rocked by workplace cultural culture fights, and that Mr. Pachai's attempts to lower the temperature had the opposite effect, allowing problems to fester while avoiding tough and sometimes unpopular positions. Yeah. Um, uh, it gets a little bit worse, by the way. <laughs> so the article revealed that more than a dozen Google vice presidents had co-signed on an email to Pachai, identifying what they considered to be deep problems at the company created by its growth from a mere giant into a leviathan. So uh, that was Andy's writing, by the way. Sorry, that was, that was really that was, good. That was no, in it, 2018, yeah. I, I am really sorry I didn't do that justice. That's why I, mean, I wanted to, to give you credit. Yeah, you have but. to yeah, that that bears mentioning because it uh, you have to you have to remember that when Pachai took over, 
it really was a time when Google was going from this is what this is the most one of the most one of the most powerful uh, tech companies uh, in the world to no this is definitely there is no tech company more power actually there might be no company powerful more powerful or successful than Google is and in that transition. Uh, and this is me editorializing. Maybe you do need like a Steve Jobs type of person who says that. Oh, so you don't like uh, the workplace yeah. environment? Uh, uh, Fine. Uh, Maybe you would like the unemployment environment in Silicon Valley better. Yikes. There's the door. Well, let's. Okay. The, to be fair, I, I if if you've worked at Google, you're probably fine to find a job somewhere else in Silicon True. Valley. Yes. Someone's going to want you. You know, can, can I, I'm sorry. Can I, can I interrupt? Because there's another quote that I didn't actually put in there that yes, is also kind of kind of damning, in which somebody, uh, a recruiter or somebody, uh, is actually saying that uh, mm -hmm. the Google's reputation amongst like the most desirable like engineers and hires is not as the mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. if you come to Google you'll be working you'll be developing the most fantastic ideas and the most incredible projects ever and that it's and that the person who's quoted uh, went on to say that like it is the easiest thing whatsoever to talk a Google employee a high value one into moving to another company for that reason yeah, I just do want to say, though, that that's kind of a common okay, it's a common Silicon Valley thing, but it is a very interesting thing to note when you're talking about Google in this context, because it just goes to show that people kind of they look at Google as this, you know, it's like getting a job at any other big place. And then from there, you can kind of like pivot to a startup because Listen, all the real money is made in startups, okay? Because yeah. once that those guys get bought out, that's where you kind of right. cash in. And I, listen, I'm telling you from living here. But yeah. anyway, isn't, um, isn't, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt again, but isn't and you, I'm you sorry just, for the digression. Sorry, you, you, you mentioned, but you mentioned something that's also kind of a good point that the oh, work, okay. the, the people, yes. it, it, the, <laughs> the 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 companies that like all these antitrust regulators, particularly in the United States, are trying to protect from like the the predatory business uh, practices of Apple and Google and Facebook. Like maybe they haven't talked to these small companies saying, and they would tell them, look. When we created this idea of a social network based on a video of eye movements, you didn't think that we would actually be able to pull this off for five or ten years. We just wanted to be successful enough that we'll be bought out by Google for an astronomical amount of money. Please don't ruin this for us. Just beyond. I mean, I don't know, guys. I'm in journalism. Don't don't ask me anything. <laughs> um, what do I know? Hashtag everything because I'm a journalist. Okay, I'm sorry. We got to get back to the story. Back on tracks. Yes. <laughs> okay. So back to no. It was my no. Please, please, please. It's my fault. Okay. So the article. Back to these vice presidents who co-signed. Okay. Their two complaints, like major complaints about Pachai, were that there were problems coordinating technical decisions and that feedback from the VPs were often disregarded, and two. The executives, many of whom had spent more than a decade at the company, wrote that Google took too long with big decisions, making it hard to get anything done, according to five people with knowledge of the email. While not directly critical of Mr. Pachai, they said the message was clear. Google needed more decisive leadership at the top. Okay, now here's where I come in with my opine. I was reading this, and look, I don't know Mr. Pachai as a person. I spoke to him once. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a baby journo, and he was incredibly gracious and kind. And then over the years, I watched the 
the number of handlers increase around him as he went up the ranks. And what I'm trying to say is that he's no longer like that approachable executive that he was when he went, when he went into the top rank, because he was put in there to unify the different platforms. Like he had come from what the Chrome OS side of things. Um, Even in the Land of the Giants, which, by the way, if you want to hear us do that book uh, club episode of Material Studies, you can become a member at Relay FM, relay.fm slash membership to find out how. Um, But yeah, he just kind of started out as this developer and putting him in that extreme leadership position. It just now that I look back on it after reading this New York Times profile, it seems to me like, well, that makes sense that this is happening. Yeah. Because if he's a really, and I don't, again, I don't know anything about him, but if he's a really analytic person and has to make all of these, you know, situations in his head to like make his decision, he's not going to be a cutthroat, like Steve Jobs, like persona, or even I would say, I mean, was Larry Page like that? No, he but he was a he was an academic. He was a researcher. He was uh, like a you know a, a digital hippie sort of guy. Larry but, Page was right. Yeah, but but you but you, I mean, you have a you have a point there. One of one of the this is something that you you have to. This is something that the people who are like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty don't understand until they get a little bit more experience. That you don't that your ideal boss isn't going to be like a Michael Scott who wants to, or doesn't, you don't want (laughs) your boss to be someone who, you know what, we're all going to get together and we're going to talk this out and make sure that everyone feels as though they're heard. I mean, in the abstract, that sounds great, but the reason what you, what you have like managers for and bosses for is to actually take action and decide what's going to go, what's going to happen yep. as a result of this That's problem or this conflict. Job. That's and, correct. I mean, even if, and even you want someone to feel, you want to feel as though this manager, this boss is well informed. But at some point, you say, okay, uh, Bob, uh, Steve, you're really, really butting heads over this. Here's what's going to happen. Uh, I think that Bob's idea is going to have is going to fit better with our strategy for the next couple of years. Uh, Steve, you're still very valued, but you're actually we're going to be pulling two people off of your team and onto onto this other team because it's more important for the company. It's done. There's nothing personal about this. We have to move forward because sometimes you, it's better to simply move forward with the flawed plan than to make sure that everybody has the amount of sign in and the amount of everybody feels that they've been blessed by being part of the decisive process. It just isn't something that works at scale and employees actually want they mm-hmm. they want to have they want to be free to, to spend an hour kicking the water cooler. But then, OK. At least we know which which way we're going now. Let's just let's just forget this and go forward. I like good to employees. have direction. Yeah. You know, I like a manager who knows who has a has an idea and a goal and wants to lead us to take us there. And so I can see why that might not be resonating or might not be coming off from Sundar Pichai. I, I again don't know him as a person, yeah. but from watching him and the way that he's climbed up and the things that he f- he focused on versus all this personnel stuff, I had never imagined in my life in the 12 years I've been covering this stuff that um that it would kind of veer this way and maybe again that might be have something to do with privilege or I don't know what but yeah. it's it's really messy now yeah 
and that's it's really messy now. Um, I'm just thinking about all the stuff that the New York Times has been reporting just on Google, just them alone on what they've been reporting yeah. on. And it's um, you know, it look, I'll say I'll say this much. It's not as bad as Facebook. Oh yeah, God. <laughs> no. I don't think no I don't one's think accused them of, of contributing to genocide. Um, you know, that's where the bar is, is, but 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 yeah, we've we've sort of we've sort of touched on this here and there uh, throughout a lot of the uh, with a lot of the issues that that Google's been been going through, where it seemed as though there were two, they had to face two problems, one of which was a total like unforced error mm-hmm. uh, and one of which was because of a culture that was going to take a long time and a lot of con- concerted effort to solve. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a cultural problem that, uh, uh, that uh, people don't feel as though uh, due to their, uh, due, due to their gender or uh, their ethnic background that they're being listened to, that they're being offered the correct pay, the amount, the promotions, that's something that's cultural and has to be addressed and it's going to, has to be addressed, unfortunately, over a number of years. The other problem though, is uh, at some, the the other problem, which was self-created, I think by Sundar and like upper, upper, upper management Mm -hmm. is that they were going way, way too deep on let's make, let's divert a lot of our time and a lot of our collective brain cycles and energy to talking about the problem where if this is not, this is not a skill that I would particularly have, but a really skilled leader, particularly in the CEO position would have a way of saying, we are absolutely, you're absolutely right. We are absolutely going to work on this. You are going to, we, we, we also acknowledge that we have to show how we're working on this as time goes by and offer numbers how we're doing at the same time. We we didn't we we don't have a hundred thousand employees hired on a full time basis to discuss cultural problems within the company. We are here to create software, to create systems, to create products, and so we're not going to allow this to become a huge distraction. So we're no, we're not going to have this big kumbaya moment around ourselves. We're going to treat this not like we are a family because we are not. We can. Uh, get rid of any of our quote children unquote at any time and don't and don't you ever forget it i mean don't don't ever think that your employer is like no no no. we're like a family here i have a i have i have a uh, an importance to the company that goes beyond like my current guys your only family is me and andy that's where all you need so (laughs) we will give you we will give you our spaceship names we'll do the best we can for all the love we can but but that's but that that's that's what i'm getting at there there would have been a way to to underscore that we're going to have an ongoing conversation about this but we are not going to make sure we're not going to have 10% of our calendar appointments be people getting together to talk about uh, like just sub rows of conversations about the environment here at Google. By all means, go home, go get drinks together, go do whatever you want to talk about it. But we're not going to have a building decided <laughs> devoted to infrastructure on talking about uh how things are going inside the company. We have to move forward. We have, to, we have, for God's sakes, we've got 18 different messaging platforms. We have got, we're supposed to cancel by the, in the next 11 months. We'll only be able to cancel yeah. eight of them at talk this about rate. Those. Unfortunately. Yeah, we are going to talk about this, but before we do, let's talk about the other profile of a senior vice president, Prabhakar Raghavan. He isn't a CEO of Google, but 
he does run the place, according to the Wired headline. <laughs> um, now, again, this also came out this came out this week, right? No, actually, a few weeks ago. The, the interview was it was a one on one interview, and it was done ah, the week yes. before Google came I. out so in May, the, the third week in May. Yeah, that's right. I remember. I remember this, and um, I do apologize that I did not look that up before we started. But anyway, so, so side, he, sidebar: you, the timing is such that you wonder if. Uh, uh, that uh, Prabhakar, uh, Prabhakar Raghavan was made available by Google because they knew that the New York Times was putting together this piece and it wasn't looking good. The New York Times piece came out last week, so it's credible that they would have been working on it in May. Hmm. This is, I, I have a devious mind. I have to think about this. <laughs> For those who aren't familiar with Prabhakar Raghavan, he is the senior vice president in charge of Google Search, Assistant, Maps, Ads, Commerce, and Payments Products, basically all of the company's top money makers. Um, before that, he was in charge of G Suite, which I guess is now called Workspace or whatever <laughs> is going on there, um, which I wrote about and I forgot. Cool. Uh, his credentials now... They're a little different than Pachaya's credentials, okay? So when we're talking to him as an executive, we get a slightly different perspective into Google. He is more of a research and academia kind of kind of person, which I guess would put him kind of where Larry Page was, whereas Pachai is a little more from the business world. Now, Raghavan has authored authoritative texts on multiple subjects, so he knows his stuff, and he's been highly decorated by engineering organizations for his work so he he's a person with connections needless yeah. to say he was, he was actually an advisor to uh larry page and sergey like when they were when they were grad students so. which is probably how he secured this position long ago um yeah yeah so throughout the interview in wired he's pretty adamant just you know about not being depicted as a replacement for sundar pachai i think in some instances, Google's trying to separate itself from the way that tech publications tend to tend to characterize companies based on the way we characterized Apple long ago. Yeah. And I don't think I was actually kind of thinking about this in my mind while we were talking about Sundar a second ago, just about how every tech company does have a different story. And Andy and I, even though we are objective in our work and we do a lot of research and everything we do is based on fact, we still do have to come up with a story because it makes it interesting for all y'all out there, right? <laughs> it's the same reason why you watch soap operas. And oh God, not to say that journalism is the same as soap <laughs> operas. I was just trying to make a flow reference to another flow reference and I just realized that was like the worst absolutely worst thing. So I apologize to the entire industry. Um, that's all to say that the story of Google is a little different than the other stories. And so I'm glad to see that it's being approached that way with these different profiles for the most part. It's interesting because like we've both been uh, covering these tech beats for such a long time that there's Stuff that we kind of recognize from previous stories and previous ongoing situations, like uh, 
uh, where did this where did this New York Times I, I have to add, I had to ask myself where did this New York Times story originate from was it from uh, was it from the, uh, the the original writer just proposing this as a really really good idea or did they get some a, a, a new a source sort of revealed themselves saying hey you know there are a lot of people a lot of senior executives again like these uh, dozen vice presidents uh, who uh, signed that memo who just aren't really happy with Sundar Pichai and I can give you like a copies of these emails and is that part of some sort of a game of Game of Thrones sort of intrigue going on behind the scenes and then is that's Sundar's job it's in his uh, you know I'm adding to your theory which is it's his, in his job description to take the proverbial bullet right to, and and especially and as soon as this came out of course i had to think about uh prabhakar raghavan's uh interview which at the time i thought well i i had been aware of him but i hadn't seen him like speak at length at this level one of the things that struck really struck me in addition to how very very clear and uh uh and authoritative he was in mm-hmm. his in his answers but also that he's talking about he's not just talking about well here's what uh, here, here's here's the problems that uh, that are going to be affecting search because of uh, what's going on with the antitrust regulations. No, he was answering questions about like larger questions about the companies facing antitrust, about the company's responsibilities to ethical AI uh, and to uh, diversity within its own ranks. It it was if. Uh, if I were trying to set up this man as an heir apparent in a company where Sundar Pichai doesn't have an obvious one that faces the public, this is the sort of profile that I would try to place with a publication like Wired. That's the, and that's that's not even spec. That's not even as high as speculation. That's just. There are things that sort of occur to me because I've I've seen this sort of play out where, uh, and some sometimes I have I've had like high level executives approaching me, saying, "Oh well, I don't you know I because I know that I know that you have an interest in this and I know that you you're this, you're really going to be passionate yeah. about this." So I got to tell you how badly like this product or this this strategy yeah. is going. I get and, those pitches too, and, and I and I have yeah, and, and we have to be <laughs> dumb because we're we're in data collection mode at that point and just like you know when you when you got a perpetrator and he's talking you don't interrupt him you just let him keep talking and you keep taking notes as you're saying gosh that doesn't jibe with three other factual things that i happen to know i also know that i also heard a rumor that i kind of dismissed at the time that you were about six to eight months away from getting some sort of high level reprimand for reasons i can only guess at but i will definitely be guessing at now uh, and this, these just the sort of things that sort of go through your mind at the time. But but to to I mean, it, it, on the other hand, remember that uh, when Google allows an executive of this caliber to uh, talk to 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 Wired, especially about the topics that they leveled at him, it is with a larger game plan in mind, was a larger benefit in mind. This was a week before Google I/O, so. Possibly it was just to set the stage for IO, but it could, I'm thinking also, 
be that if if people if investors are are worried that there isn't somebody of Sundar Pichai's stature who is capable of taking over Google if, uh, Google and Alphabet if if need be we're going to make sure that the world knows that we have lots and lots of smart people who could do the job uh, without having to say hey we're, we 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 have we have someone on the on deck circle just in case uh, I, I also I also couldn't help but that the only the only bad thing I'll, I will point this out the only the only bad thing that I I heard uh, uh, Prabhakar say in this interview I'm actually going to pull it up again so I can scroll down to it is uh, so Wired asks uh, uh, a question they're they're basically talking about uh, a collection of data for advertising uh, and uh, Wired it's part of the conversation saying you know. Uh, 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 here, uh, Prabhakar says, I hear a lot. My best friend's family say exactly what you're saying. I typed the query into Google. I went to this website and now the ads, the website followed me most commonly. That is because the website cookied you. And then wired says, well, my ISP might be watching what I do. And then uh, Prabhakar replies, that's a great point because blah, blah, blah. And that's the sort of when, whenever I'm talking to like an executive in an on the record capacity, and they tell me that I've just made a really great point. A, I feel like they're buttering up. I'm, they're buttering me up for some reason, and also I feel as though I have accidentally said something that they would very, very, very much like to be in print. And by giving me that sort of little nudge about, oh wow, this senior vice president or this president's company just said that I've made a great point. That quote is definitely going in because that makes me look great. It's a little. It, it could be innocent, but it is to to my jaundiced ears a little bit manipulative. So maybe this, maybe that was just a well because bit too he talks baseball, about but. how Google is getting rid of third party tracking, but that it's yeah. still going to prioritize the tracking that'll lead to a good experience, and that's right. how we're supposed to not worry. It, y'all, it is all just a fun little rigmarole. But listen, go see the Google movie. It's rated PG thirteen. A little <laughs> dubious for the little ones, but if you've got teens, you know it's a good way to. keep them out at the at the movies this weekend wear a mask you know if you're still feeling a little you know unsure and you're anyway let's let's take a quick break shall we because (laughs) taking this metaphor way too far (laughs) let me tell you about another show on relay fm top four hosts tiff and marco can make a top four list out of anything and it will probably make you delightfully furious Indulge in the randomness and listen for yourself at relay.fm slash top four or search for top four wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I have to tell you that I am personally, I know that this is a thing that everybody riffs on and I even kind of riffed on it, I think, last week when I wrote about the Google chat finally coming to the service. I get it. Google doesn't know how to do messaging. (laughs) I get it. It's a meme. It's like, it's, uh, it's such a meme. Is there a know your meme? Cause there should be one for this, like Google killing messaging. So anyway, um, Google opened up Google chat to everybody. So you can go into your Gmail settings and, um, you dig in there and, you know, the Gmail settings are like 
vast and hard to navigate. So you dig in there and then there's a little option where you can tick off Hangouts and tick on Google Chat and that'll just convert you to the experience. Um, And this comes with a bunch of other perks too because this is all part of the workspace rollout. So Google's going to give you access to like spaces, which are little collaborative rooms that you could have in group chats. And I actually was playing around with it with my friends, but Um, The problem with all these great features is it's like debuting it to a user base that's questionable. Now, when Google originally did the news bulletin about this, they, I believe it was the blog post that said this because I wrote about it. (laughs) They said that it would just pretty much convert all its users, which is supposed to be roughly anecdotally three billion because <laughs> the idea is anybody with a google account has access to these chat features but is it really three billion users if those people don't actually all use the same thing because there's yeah. all you know google's had such a messy uh plan of it when it comes to messaging and i think a lot of people just migrated away because it was so inconsistent and i think the few people left on hangouts will be the ones using this like it's literally me my husband and like one other friend group yeah no that's (laughs) That's it everybody else is on instagram or twitter or in my text messages or in my whatsapp or i'm even getting more emails than i do hangouts sometimes it's really it's really hard because it's it's like every chat app is like its own little island with its own little dialect isn't it? Because I do have people who are on Hangouts that the best way to get them is to be on Hangouts, chiefly because whatever happened four or five years ago when a group of people that include Apple people and Android people needed to like have a group chat, one of them like suggest- <laughs> all of all of us happened to get uh, Hangouts working at the same time. That's what we fell back to. And uh, I'm, I, I did get that big blue box. I j- actually just noticed it while I was setting up for uh, uh, for our talk tonight about Google Chats is going, uh, uh, Google Hangouts is going away and is becoming Google Chat. Is it? Ah, I already closed the window. But yeah, and click, click this. All of you, we're gonna. All of your history has been moved over to chat, and all of your contacts mm-hmm. and past mm-hmm. chats have been moved over to chat. And click this button to show how wonderful it's going to be. And I was very, very pleased to see that. Uh, like, all, it really is just like everything that I was doing in Hangouts is now appearing in chat. So that was a relief. But oh, and uh, now you have reactions. You can react to things. Now I have reactions. But you have reactions. Uh, and it's and it's, beautiful, I... and it's very very elegant because all I have to do to chat with my friends with a chat app from Google called Chat is to go to mail.google.com and that will take me right to the chat. Well, the idea it's your work is. Gmail is your workspace. And that's like, I think that's why uh, some of my friends are still on it is because they just have Gmail. It's like, and I think this is mostly, by the way, the millennial set, because you ask some Gen Z or what they use and none of them are saying Google chat. Okay. Um, But, you know, some of us still use Gmail as our AIM, our AIM, our AOL Instant Messenger, our buddy list, if you will, the outside world, outside of work. Or CQL. Yeah. So, I mean, I try not to have Discord on during work hours because it's very distracting. So, <laughs> but I got to talk somewhere. Just kidding. Um, anyway, so The Verge actually put together this um, timeline of 
Google messaging apps, just sort of a brief history. And uh, the history is actually quite extensive when you consider the number of messaging apps we're talking about here. So let's so, go through the list. Sometimes the most mean-spirited journalism you can do is just to plainly speak the truth without any opinions whatsoever. <laughs> well, and they make, and they, look, this is all factual, right? Yeah, exactly. So no, we no. have email, which is Gmail. That's one. We have messaging services, which over the years have included uh, Google Talk, Google Plus Huddle. Whoa, Google Plus Huddle. That mm. is a deep cut. Google Hangouts, Google Allo, rest in peace, Google Chat. So those are five just branded suites on their own. And The Verge also mentions that there are innumerable chat features built into other Google products that was not mentioned. And um, I will say one of those is probably the ability to comment on a photo in Google Photos, which I don't consider a chat. I think people need to get over that. It's not a chat. Yeah, but I still I still get alerts about how oh someone here's what someone commented on this shared album that you don't ever remember joining that someone just sort of added your name to. Like, okay, I I enjoyed meeting you eight years ago, Stefan, but I don't really need to see your vacation. <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> that was a that was a great cruise, but you know. <laughs> You don't understand when that's that's simply a, a social performative when we give each other our Gmail. If I if I'd given you my actual email address, that would have meant something. The fact that it said Never. gmail.com meant that I'm not willing to block you from accessing like my 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 sanctum sanctorum. I'm but just I'm making I'll you just funnel through into you're, this general not, inbox. Your email will not cause any any tones or lights to happen on any of my mobile devices. Uh, SMS and RCS services, speaking of mobile devices, included Google Voice, Android Messages app with RCS chat integration. So those are two different apps. Uh, It's worth noting that Android Messages has gone through several iterations before it ended up where it did. And Google Voice is dwindling. Yeah. It's dwindling, unfortunately. Video conferencing services, folks, we had Google Talk. Google Voice, Google Plus Hangouts, Google Duo, and Google Meet. It's five different ones. The last two, Google Meet and Google Duo, are the current. And then collaboration software. Let's not forget Google Wave. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Which brought us a lot of features that we enjoy now, Google yep. Docs. Uh, Google Plus Circles, and we all know how that ended up. <laughs> Google Docs Chat. Yeah, Google Docs Chat is another thing that's, that is a chat. That's a chat. That's a professional yeah. chat. That's a professional message board situation there. Like someone leaves a comment on the line of your article and that is a thread. It starts a thread. It just, the verge is right. It just keeps going and going and going and going. I'm I'm just, I I try to pay attention, but I, I, honest to God, I don't care how like uh, clueless this makes me seem. I don't know what Google's chat app is. Like I, I feel as though the the messages app on my phone is just like the, my text messaging SMS app that I would have on any phone, but I don't know what like what uh, their equivalent of iMessage is, uh, iMessage or Face uh, FaceTime is. I don't know uh, what their version of Signal would be. Like if I if I just want to have like mm-hmm. a non SMS chat with somebody, what oh. app do I fire up? Aren't they getting encrypted? Is the Google yep. Chat or Android messages getting encrypted messages? So they're they're working on it, but 
They, they announced <sighs> that for this summer. Yeah, I do. I do think it's interesting. We're talking about this after we talked about the CEOs and like the different <laughs> profiles, because there is still a lot of. Um, yeah, there's a lot of siphoning happening at Google. There's not there's not as much integration as I think we think with all of that new open office plan and social distancing <laughs> plans, <laughs> breaking down those walls. I think we need to break down those walls a little more and discuss about maybe integrating some of these. <laughs> Why can't we just make it one big chat app that just does everything? It does video. Just what Apple does. It does video. It does text messages. It does IM. It does <laughs> fortune telling. It does your taxes. I have an idea. <laughs> and 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 we could use an Archie client. You know, I've, I've been without an Archie client since like 1991. And as, uh, I'm, I'm starting. What's an Archie to, client? It's something that uh, a Gen Xer who was like into the internet in the late 80s and early 90s would pull out of the uh, out of the back of the drawer as a reference that no one would get. But he would understand it, and that would make him feel somehow older and more yeah. Because you say Archie and, to me, and I think Archie Comics. That's immediately it that's, had companion, that's the Archie I know. It had a companion app called Veronica. You freaking nerds! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jughead and Veronica, to be correct, they were in turn superseded by search engines like Yahoo and Google in 1997. Yes. Um, wow, God, it's ugh. we didn't even um, we didn't even name it after a cool comic. We we named it against the, the, those Reader's Digest style little comics you get at the supermarket checkout aisle. They, they, we had the X Men back there. Okay. Andy, have you seen Riverdale? Archie is a lot bigger. Just give it credit, True. okay? There's the haunted. Anyway, okay. Do you want to talk very quickly, by the way, Andy? Would you like to take us through this forcing of the COVID tracking yeah. app? Because they did this to me already in California. Yeah, <laughs> so. but this but this one was really mysterious. So in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, the Department of Public Health has an official COVID tracking app uh, called Mass Notify. And a lot of people who are using Android phones in Massachusetts noticed this app just suddenly appearing on their phones invisibly, unbidden and without their like interaction or permission or <laughs> or awareness. Uh, the only reason why they found out that this app had somehow been installed on their phone was when it started appearing in that list of uh, uh, Google Play Store app updates uh, that you know you come that, that fly by. And uh, so uh, nine to five, uh, Google t uh, asked Google about this. Google said, oh, well, I'm glad you asked about that. It's perfectly fine. It's part of the uh, it, it's it's part of the exposure notification system that was code of co-developed with Apple and Google. And it's the the, the app is mass notify. It's absolutely non-functional. You have to go into settings to activate it. Uh, and then it just means that you'll get notifications when you are close to someone who has had. But they didn't answer the question. Yeah. What we really want to know is how was this force installed on people's phones? Was this something that the mass department of health like engineered was this uh, a mistake uh was there like some sort of a checkbox when these people uh signed up for notif to for appointments uh, about uh, uh being immunized saying oh by the way paragraph eight of page 21 says that we will force load a tracking app uh, excuse me a covid tracker like on your on your phone so we, there's still as of like two hours ago complete silence on that point that is an interesting point because it could have been it could have been forced out by google as sort of like a quasi system update it could have been 
uh, forced out by the uh, by the network that uh, that the phone was on that operating inside the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. They were ordered that make sure that this this app gets a gets force installed on everything. And I think a lot of people didn't even know that this was a capability <laughs> that was baked into Android that someone who is possibly mm. not Google yeah. could again force an update. Uh, force the installation of an app that remains invisible and hidden to you because that's kind of dangerous it does it doesn't make you feel really really good and keep keep in mind that we have when it comes to like uh covid infrastructure we have people trying to warn other people that covid vaccines will turn your your kids magnetic we don't need this added sense of like paranoia and worry. yeah i agree i agree um at the same time, God, this would have been a lot more helpful uh, a year ago, <laughs> right? Before I would say people so. We're getting vaccinated. Um, all right, we're gonna take an extremely quick second, and then we'll be right back. Well, I was hoping to have a quick little live demo over audio because that's so much fun for people listening. But I was hoping to at least have a visual aid at my side. Um, unfortunately, I chose to install the beta 2.1, Android 12 beta 2.1 update, which uh, was released today to help fix some stuff. And I want to see if this fixes some stuff. Because um, apparently we're finally getting the at-a-glance widget that I've been wanting to play play with. How, how, how stable was... Uh- Two, what was the previous edition? Not two. Just two. Two point nothing or was there an update? It was two point nothing. And let two me tell nothing. you the issues that were fixed in this 2.1. As I as I watch over here, this optimizing apps uh, uh, loading bar just slowly, just never increase. It's actually, I think it's stuck. Hmm. Well, uh, okay. So the full release notes mentioned fixes an issue from accessing things on the lock screen, fixing the issue that causes information such as weather and calendar events not to appear, fix an issue that causes flickering. That was the thing that really was getting, grinding the gears. Fixes an issue with a microphone and camera permission indicators that would get stuck and disappear until the phone is rebooted. Oh my God. Fix an issue when using the Android emulator. Fix an issue. <laughs> that was a big one. <laughs> oh no. Fix an issue where after taking beta, taking beta and resetting the device, some users were stuck on setup wizard inconvenient if you disappointing if you only have one phone which is I'm why like sitting here watching the system update like be stuck oh god it's like that's that much text on a black background an android not a good sign it doesn't fill you with hope no it's, it says it says well it's 9 p.m i'm just gonna leave this on the charger and go to bed and hope that things are better by the morning well, listen, I did get to write a little bit about Android 12 at Gizmodo. I will link to the latest. Listen, I did a slideshow. Yay. It was it was good. Okay. It's a good slideshow where I kind of walk you through some of the features that you can set up and play with now. You can get a little bit of material you. It's very, very minimal. It's only kind of available in the drop-down shade when you add a new wallpaper. And even then, the color selection process is limited. Hmm. to say the least. The privacy dashboard is there. That I think is pretty cool. People should check that out. It's like digital well-being for your the permissions that apps have on your phone. Let's you know like how many hours did you use location? 
data today. How many hours <laughs> did, did it ping? Um, how many hours did your camera get turned on today by different apps? And so makes it more transparent for users. But I think it's, I'm very curious to know the users that are actually taking advantage of this. Like, is this just a power user thing or is this something that, you know, Joe Schmo is aware of? Sorry to Joe Schmo. <laughs> and and bully to your parents for going for going all the way there and just saying, you know what, we're going to name him Joe. No, or we're going to name her Joe. Yeah, Joe Schmo. <laughs> Especially, um, and, then, and then saying, you know what, we could live anywhere, but we are specifically going to take a job in the Kokomo branch of the corporation we both walk for. So we can be the parents of Joe Schmo from Kokomo. It's it's uh, I was really I was really curious to hear about it because it seems one of the things that I wish that Google would kind of copy from from iOS would be uh, Apple tries to make a really, really clear delineation between a developer preview and a beta. The beta a developer preview is really raw. It's like lots of nails still sticking out, lots of patches in the oof, in the oof, painting where you can oof. still see the primer underneath. Oof. What by the time it comes to beta that's available to the general public, they're still not necessarily encouraging everybody to use it, but there is an implication that we are very, very close to at least be having useful features on this thing and a complete suite of the features that are going to be, and now we're just debugging it. Uh, whereas with Android, uh, I mean, this is called the beta 2.1 and you have to really keep your ear close to the ground. If, if you're interested in getting a preview of the experience, you really have to read these, uh, like your, your piece on Gizmodo and these other pieces very, very carefully before you figure out, okay, it is finally stable enough that I feel as though I'm, I can board a plane with my, for two or three days with my phone and not find out that it got bricked because I decided to use the wrong kind of charging cable when I decided to charge it. This thing is still optimizing apps, by the way. That's good news. It's optimizing. Yay. We'll see if it's done in the morning. I will say that if you are going on a plane, you should not be installing a beta on your phone. Exactly. Like, don't exactly. live that. You're especially, already, oh my God. Especially, Just, yeah, this is this is for like your, if you didn't give your your old phone away to like your kids exactly. or, or a partner, you, this is something you put on your old phone. Your new phone, if you want it to be a phone, you don't want to put a beta of anything, not even an Apple beta. And the thing is, is Apple's release schedule for their software is a lot different than what Google does. At the same time, we do know that this beta program is lasting for this public facing beta is about four or five months. So it's not terrible. And it's kind of cool to be able to participate in it as a part of the general public versus Apple, which is very like you need to pay for this developer license, developers only (laughs) like. It's it's a very closed experience. Um, again, iOS caution. Anybody who is interested, the beta is available for Pixel 3 devices and up. So everything after that is available with a factory image. I know OnePlus was having some problems with their beta, but that's a they have some similar things and they're gonna have, from what I'm reading, a slightly different interface. So Oh, we still got a couple months. Don't get me started on OnePlus and their drama. Did you also read my article on that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
come on guys i'm on the pulse what can i say to, I, I, I love your writing you have such a lively personality oh, in your, you, in your journalistic voice where you're, you're saying smart things and things that are valuable and, and reliable but i also know that i don't care about this topic but i definitely want to read it because i'm going to enjoy so reading. you appreciated when i called oppo uh one plus's money daddy <laughs> Yeah, there, that that was that was a topic that I could I still could I still couldn't find like my personal level of interest that that OnePlus and Oppo are doing some sort of a dance. I know, I know, but I got to analyze. Okay, we got to put a little anal- analysis out there. Okay, a little nine hundred word analysis. All right. Um, ugh, in, in okay, reality show, in reality show terms, like <laughs> Oppo promised that it was gonna like be a backer of 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 OnePlus's new bag line, but mm, then they wanted too one. much input. And then when they said that we're not paying for the one. rollout party, you're gonna have to if you want catering, you're gonna have to pay for it yourself. And then OnePlus was like, "Oh, you did not just say that." And then Oppo, yeah, I'm I'm riffing here, but yeah, I'm, it's still optimizing. By the way, <laughs> I've. I'll let you guys know well, if we'll, it never we'll, stops. We'll, we'll use that as a cliffhanger. We'll just like almost like just like fade out, <laughs> and then next week we'll fade back in. We'll see if it's done optimizing yet. That sounds great, um, Andy. Thanks for putting together the notes today. I appreciate oh, it. It was it was fun. As I as I said, it was like you do find you do find yourself saying, "Okay, do I respect people who are who are born in different cultures?" Or and which means that I make sure that I can pronounce Prabhaka Raghavan correctly, mm, which means yeah. I have to I have to like watch eight different lectures he's given and hope that like no they just cut right to his talk like okay they start with the introduction but he just calls him Prabhaka he doesn't say he doesn't introduce him by his last name okay she introduced him first and last name but she said it so fast I don't know what she said. Or I could just be disrespectful to people who were born in other cultures. But then it's like, okay, I bet there's, I got to keep looking. There's going to be. Yeah, no, let's, let's not. Um, Andy, where can people find you being respectful and factual? (laughs) I don't know why I put that in there, but I did. (laughs) Uh, That's a bad lead in for me to talk about my Twitter and my Instagram. Uh, (laughs) But go to Anatko on either one of those. You can also go to WGBHnews.org. Uh, go to Boston Public Radio. That's where I uh, I'm on almost every Friday at 1 p.m. talking about the tech news of the week. If you just do a search for my name, they usually have like they snip out uh, my uh, my uh, my tech stuff, so you can actually listen to them separately. I'm off this week. I just found out because uh, both the governor and the mayor have decided to ask for some extra time, and so unfortunately, we have to. We we have to we we have the, the 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 affairs of state must take precedence over the affairs of state. Sure, hey, it's there's a lot going on over there in the East Coast. So, um, <laughs> over here on the West Coast, we're still shouting hashtag Free Britney. Uh, Mother Nature even sent an earthquake <laughs> to L.A. Just to remind everyone who's in charge. Um, but as for me, I always forget to talk about it on this podcast, but I actually have a special link, flowrights.tech, that will take you to my author page at gizmodo.com so you can read my articles. <laughs> so I just want to let people know if you're interested in reading the stuff that I talked about, you can just easily type that in to uh, the URL bar in the browser of your choice. <laughs> 
<sighs> Everybody else, we also just want to thank Jim, our editor, for being so great. We're on the Relay FM network. You can find out about becoming a member of our show, which unlocks access to a lot of great member benefits, plus our secret shows. I'm just going to call them secret shows because it makes them sound really exclusive. Um, and we do have a book club coming up. I'm still finishing the book. And it's summertime. So, you know, <laughs> things have happened. But we are planning our next book club episode. So be sure to get on board with that if you're interested. Um, you can also tweet us at Material Podcast. If you have a comment, question, concern, or send us an email at materialpodcast at gmail.com, we will honor you if, um, even if you don't want us to read anything on air and you just want to send us a comment, you can do that. Um, otherwise, I think, Andy, this is where we officially say our goodbyes and we'll see everybody in seven days. Indeed. Let us okay. say au revoir, not goodbye. Au revoir. Bye bye. <laughs> Go, 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 go.